open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host at Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Okay, welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. This is the annual uh, review. 2016 is now in the history books. And boy, has it been kind of exciting. Sorry for getting this out a few days late. Anybody not watching the Bitcoin markets? Uh, I had a friend, he described that these sovereign markets, when you have a real true free market, it's kind of like a dog on LSD. <laughs> and that's what we've seen these first couple of days of 2017. Uh, and most people don't understand that they haven't seen a real sovereign market because uh, markets, we don't have them anymore, just manipulations. Anyways, Bitcoin's as close as you're going to get, and it's quite fun. So anyways, what did we see in 2016? Well, we started the year at $430 a Bitcoin. We ended it at $960 a Bitcoin, so got to be kind of happy about that as long as you've been long Bitcoin. Uh, the beginning of 2016, we saw the hernia. Uh, Mr. Hernia decided to sell all his Bitcoin by front-running the market and then make a big stink and leave the project. Uh, maybe we can have more hernias happen because, you know, if the price is going to more than double, this is great. We also saw a circle discontinue support for Bitcoin uh, throughout the year. I actually really like the circle service, so it's unfortunate to see them kind of leave. It was, it was actually really nice. Um, what else did we have? We had the European Parliament discussed Bitcoin and digital currencies for the first time. We had the largest e-commerce site in South Africa, uh, Bidor Buy. They announced Bitcoin integration. Uh, the Genesis Mining Guys, they created a fund for fully accredited investors to be able to invest in uh, Bitcoin mining. MIT raised $900,000 for core development. And then Peter Todd, he's like, MIT is trying to implant with this chain anchor identity with wallets to impinge on privacy. Uh, so, you know, you do got to kind of watch out for like who the developers are, what their motives are, what they're building, because there's a lot of surreptitious stuff that can go on. Uh, Steam started accepting Bitcoin. I kind of mentioned that, you know, they're not a geography like uh, Europe or South Africa or Japan or whatnot, but they are a geography in terms of like virtual worlds and video games and getting people comfortable with using and, and buying stuff with Bitcoin, that opens the pipelines for speculation when the price starts to run. Uh, BitPay offered a debit card this year. Zug Switzerland accepted Bitcoin for government services. Uh, Unicoin, which is the largest exchange out of India, they partnered with MobiQuick, uh, which has over 75,000 physical stores where you can buy Bitcoin. And so later when uh, Modi declared any bill uh, illegal, the $7.50 bill or the $15 bill is like a certain amount of rupees, made those illegal like overnight. 86% of the money supply uh, 
India just turned towards Bitcoin kind of in a big way, uh, a major loss of confidence. Uh, the Dow raised $130 million, shortly got hacked for $80 million. <laughs> Go Ether. Um, Japan passed a law for digital currency exchanges to register with the government. Bitfinex settled with the CFTC. Uh, our British friends, they voted to leave the European Union. Uh, and Bitcoin was very much a safe haven asset during that time. Uh, Uber got their account shut down in Argentina and Zappo came to the rescue, uh, helping them integrate and accept Bitcoin. So that's kind of interesting. And then C-File, they're a major, a major cloud provider. PayPal froze their accounts. And so they started accepting Bitcoin. So we're seeing the legacy system wield the, the payments infrastructure for political purposes, and that's driving more people into Bitcoin. So that's kind of exciting. The halvening, it happened with absolutely no problem. Uh, even before the happening, I was talking about, you know, how we're in the middle of this bull market and it could be explosive to the upside, even, you know, $3,000 Bitcoin. And uh, it seems like the happening is, you know, it's it's having this effect, this decreased supply of saleable Bitcoin, and it's inching the price up. W3C Web Standards Working Group they announced uh, Bitcoin standards and payment standards, so that's exciting. The really big news out of the core developers was uh, version 13.1. Uh, we now have 13.2 that's been released also, uh, but both of these have SegWit uh, functionality, so that's a huge deal. You know, SegWit uh, will lay the foundation for things like Lightning Network and whole new use cases, so, I mean, we really need to see SegWit activated. Uh, Shinhan, a major Korean bank, they announced Bitcoin remittance integration. The CME Group, they launched a Bitcoin price index. I think that could very much be a precursor to an ETF. Uh, you need to have like stable pricing. The IRS, they issued, issued summons to Coinbase for all of their user data, which is really kind of crazy. Um, Coinbase has promised to fight it in court, so we'll see how that goes. A Japanese firm, Mitsui Sutomo, they announced their first insurance product for Bitcoin exchanges. So, you know, that would be helpful considering Bitfinex got hacked for over $70 million of Bitcoin. Uh, Gabby, which is a global advisors fund based out of uh, Jersey, they got listed on the securities exchange. So that's, a, that's kind of a big deal. And then, uh, it's not in 2016, but the SEC... They uh, decided on January 4th that they're going to delay the decision on an ETF until March 11th. So, anyways, full steam ahead. All these network effects are taking place. We're seeing massive Bitcoin growth. You know, I've tried to go Europe, Africa, Asia, North America, South America, Australia. Uh, you know, I've tried to cover a little bit of what's going on in all the areas. I get a little bit more in-depth in the interviews I've done with CEOs of different companies all over the world that are also on the podcast. But in total, we're just seeing massive, massive growth in the virtual currency, digital currency industry, and in Bitcoin specifically. Uh, I, was, I was actually going and looking up debit cards, that like Bitcoin debit cards, and previously I knew maybe like two or three Bitcoin debit cards. And now there's, there's like tons of them out there. 
and we have over 150 exchanges and we have thousands of Bitcoin companies and millions of users and I mean it's just all really really exciting. Uh, 2017 I think is going to be a really big year uh, for Bitcoin growth, for Bitcoin development, for uh, the Bitcoin price, uh, for all of these things. And so you know just kind of keep the head down, keep plugging away, acquire Bitcoins on a regular basis. Uh, dollar cost averaging in. Uh, I, in terms of like a risk-adjusted return, I think that Bitcoin is even less risk with more potential upside now than at any time in its history, really. Uh, we've, we've overcome so much as an industry. I mean, think about it. We're eight years old now. Bitcoin is. For the first about two years, nothing really went on at all. Uh, for the next year... Uh, Bitcoin ran from about a dollar to $32 and then crashed to $2. Uh, you know, that was the first time I started publicly talking about it. It was about a quarter. So, I mean, I've been in all of these up legs and it's just like we have so much fundamental strength now. We, we, we had over $500 million of volume in a single day. And that's just counting on exchange volume. Uh, so, you know, when this volatility kicks up, it's not like we're just dealing with one exchange like Mt. Gox. One exchange that fails, you know, and, and causes so much pain and damage to the industry. We have over 150 exchanges now. Uh, Bitcoin truly trades 24-7 all across the world, many different jurisdictions, many different currencies. Uh, this is all incredibly exciting. In terms of volumes... It, it really trades like a large cap stock, and yet it's got a medium cap valuation. It's only $17 billion in terms of, uh, in terms of market cap. What I see in terms of its growth, though, you know, if we look at the 200-day moving average, that filters out all the daily noise, and just look at the trend. When we had the first big bubble to $1,200, about... You know, six months into you know six months to eight months into that up leg, Bitcoin was adding about a million dollars a day to the 200-day moving average market cap. We're adding about 25 million dollars a day to the 200-day moving average market cap right now, and the rate of change that we're adding it, we were adding about 0.7 percent uh, in the previous up leg. We're adding it about 0.3 percent right now. So we're adding at you know almost forty percent the rate that we added during that other big up leg, and yet we're adding twenty five times as much to the mass of the market cap. We also can look at the two hundred day moving average of transaction fees paid in U.S. dollars, and if you look at that, my goodness, if you do like an R squared correlation coefficient between transaction fees in U.S. dollars and market cap. They're very tightly correlated, and during the previous major run to twelve hundred dollars, we were paying the two hundred day moving average of these fees was ten thousand dollars a day, and then it it retreated down to about four thousand dollars a day. Well, right now it's over fifty thousand dollars a day, and it's rising at about eight hundred dollars a day. So you know this two hundred day moving average of transaction fees paid in dollars. That's the if if I had to pick just one single metric to like give me the pulse of the Bitcoin project, it would be that 
Why? Because those are hard costs that people pay to use the Bitcoin network. So it shows us how much value people think the Bitcoin network adds to their life because they're willing to pay for it. And so, you know, seeing these fees go up in terms of U.S. dollars, I think that's great. You know, I, I think it's I think it's a really good thing because it shows it shows us how much value Bitcoin really does add to society. And those fees are those fees are skyrocketing. You know, maybe SegWit will get uh, activated, and then we'll see some. You know, we'll see some of that fee pressure relent a little bit. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like if people like we want to have lots of people waiting in line who are all willing to pay a lot of money to sit at the at the restaurant, and that's exactly what we're seeing with that. And so. Like in terms of the long-term trend, uh, the price looks great. The fundamental usage of Bitcoin looks great. Website traffic looks great. Podcast traffic looks great. I mean, everything looks great with Bitcoin. Regulatory situation looks great. The SEC could very well approve two different uh, Bitcoin ETFs, the SolidX ETF and the Winklevi ETF. Uh, could approve them in March. It's going to be their final time to uh, to make a decision whether to approve or not. I think they're waiting to see this CME price index data for a few months go off without any problem. And you know, it's this is just going to be a banner year. It's going to be a huge, huge year, and it's really exciting to be part of it. So, anyways, that that kind of summarizes that shows us uh, across the world. I you know cherry picked some of the good news items from all over the all over the place just to show how global Bitcoin is, to show how much it's growing, uh, and then you know capped it off with some of these uh, price data metrics. And in terms of like upside for this, previously, uh, when we look at the current price divided by the 200-day moving average, uh, that ratios, you know, it's 12x, it's 8x uh, in these different. Um, bull runs. So if we go to if we go to f- just six x, we're looking at four thousand dollar Bitcoin, right? For this up leg. So who, I mean, who knows where where this bull leg is going to top out at? Uh, but I mean, it could get explosive. It could we could see it happen really fast, both on the upside and on the downside. Uh, you know, early January, January third, I think someone on OKCoin was short Bitcoin and they got liquidated out of their position for a $10 million loss. Uh, So don't short this thing. It better just sit on the sidelines. Uh, Don't get run over by it. But, you know, we could see Bitcoin going up hundreds of $100 a day, go down $100 a day. Uh, There's just going to be a ton of volatility uh, because we're in a real sovereign market. And don't leave your Bitcoins on exchanges like Bitfinex. They get hacked. Or Mount Gox, they get hacked. Uh, don't leave them on places like Coinbase. Like, pull those private keys and and have them yourself. Don't trust any of these exchanges or custodians or anything. Because if you don't have it, you don't own it. And you're in a slave relationship. You know, whoever holds the private keys, they're the master. As Andreas Antonopoulos talks about, this master-slave architecture uh, with servers, with the network. Hold your own private keys uh, learn how to do it, feel comfortable doing it, 
if you haven't done it, that's your homework assignment for 2017. Because if there's one thing we know about Bitcoin, it's that people get really greedy with the private keys and then their exchange gets hacked or they steal the Bitcoins and you can't prove one way or the other what happened. And so just don't make a whole bunch of money on paper and then have your Bitcoins get stolen. Uh, take them in your possession with the private keys. You know, use Bitcoin Armory, use uh, a hardware wallet. There are tons of different options. And if you really want to be pro on the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast website, there's a resources section. I got a ton of the products that I really like. But at the bottom, there's a laminator, laminator pouches, and like a survival box that's like waterproof and everything. Oh, and a GPS locator. You can you know, create multi-sig addresses, fragmented backups and armory. You can laminate, print it off, laminate it, bury it in these waterproof boxes with GPS coordinates. You know, that's how you can be a pro uh, securing your Bitcoin, you know. Uh, and, you know, if you have $100 worth of Bitcoin, you can put $100 of thought into securing it. But if you have more, you want to put more thought into securing it. So, you know, that's the takeaway Hold your own private keys, protect your Bitcoins, and buckle up, Buttercup, because this is going to be a major, major bull market in 2017. And so that's the recap of 2016. See you guys later. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin Guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at Bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.